0: Welcome to the B-Signal Podcast, the podcast where filmmakers and fans talk about film and how it impacts our lives. I'm your host, B-Anthony. And now our feature presentation. And welcome to the B-Signal Podcast. I am your host, B-Anthony, and it is Christmas Eve as I'm recording this Uh, And I'm excited. Contrary to popular belief, my family doesn't think that I'm into Christmas as much as I should be. But the truth of the matter is I am enjoying the Christmas season. I've been listening to more, um, what's that, holiday music. um, Beyond the Mariah Carey song, All I Want for Christmas. um, Or the Merry Christmas album, which is just a fun album. But I've really been enjoying the holidays and just seeing... Um, the lights um, I do have a funny story my mom put up some of the decorations that used to belong to my grandmother um, at the request of my brother Jared and so when I'm driving home I see the lights and I'm like what are you putting the lights up for there's only one week left at most that you could show these and um, my family um, makes reference to me when I get in that type of mood they call me uh, Scrooge and they say, Mr. Bob, humbug. So, truth be told, the holidays are interesting for me. I enjoy celebrating the holidays, but admittedly, I don't get into it as much as my family does so they love the whole vibe. Most of my friends are like that too. They they love the gifts and the you know wrapping gifts and and getting decorations up on the house and eating christmas snacks and watching christmas movies, right? And so it got me thinking like, oh my god, what are my favorite Christmas films, right? And you have your traditional ones. Like, one that immediately comes to mind is Home Alone. Um, every time I watch that, I holler. Like, it's just funny to me. Hearing Joe Pesci um, and 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 uh, Daniel Stern just, like, screaming because of what um, Macaulay Culkin is doing to them in the movie, it's beyond nuts to me, right? And then you have... Um, you know, something like Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life. Um, those films are great, but there are some films that I enjoy a little bit more because they use Christmas as, like, a backdrop, so it might not be on paper like a holiday story or a Christmas story, but, you know, I like those one-offs where Christmas just seems to be, you know, the most appropriate, I guess, (laughs) um setting or or time to use in a film case in point in Shazam they used Christmas as a backdrop and that film really had nothing to do with the holiday but the timing of it all was very interesting right um so that got me thinking what are my favorite films where Christmas is featured but it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the story um so I came up with three films that um I enjoy watching that features Christmas, but doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it. Okay, 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 okay. I'm excited about this, and I know all of you who listen to this are gonna be like, oh yeah, I forgot Christmas was a part of that movie or a part of that plot, or just, you know, in the story at all. Um, This episode is dedicated to Seven the Barber. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I did a horror movie uh, countdown. Last season And I asked him What his favorite movie was And he said Soul playing. Um And while I was mad at him At the time Because I was like Dude that's not Nowhere near the horror genre He did bring up a valid point That even though It might not have Horror on it That it has some scary Elements in it for him And so that's That's what kind of Motivated this episode As well right Like it's fun It's fun to play With the genres And also to Not be so restricted Or closed in Um, based on, you know, these very rigid perspectives or rules um, as it relates to holiday films. So, without further ado, here are the three films that I think of um, when I think of the holidays. Um, Just Friends, starring um, Ryan Reynolds. If you have not heard about this movie, it came out in two thousand five. Um, so Ryan Reynolds is in it, Amy Smart's in it, Anna Ferris, Chris Klein, um, Chris Marquette. It's just a, it's an all star cast, um, and it's Ryan Reynolds. I feel like at his best, you know, he's just funny, um, and you know. It centers around him, playing Chris Bender, uh, returning home due to unforeseen circumstances. Um, And when he comes home, uh, it's Christmas time, right? But um, he's coming home to a town that remembers him being fat and unpopular and just, you know, not the end guy, right? Now he's coming back. He has, uh, like very good job working in the music industry and, like, he's a ladies' man, you know, has, like, you know, women galore chasing him. So, it's this whole story of him, uh, I guess, dealing with the fact that who he is currently still doesn't quite match up to who he was because people still remember him as the fat version of himself, right? And I love the film, you know. Um it's funny the holidays for this one it does have more of a prominent part in it, but more than that, the I mean the shenanigans that happen in this movie um is just crazy. One of the reasons why he um ends up back in his whole town is because he's a music producer, right? And so Anna Ferris's character is like... So you have to remember when the movie was released, 2005. So that was that pop era where you had like your Jessica Simpsons, your Ashley Simpsons, Britney Spears, um, Christina Aguilera, you know, that era of pop music, right? And so the joke with Anna Ferris's, uh character is that she has a reality show and... She does all these weird things to stay relevant and, you know, to stay popular um, amongst her fans and to still be on MTV, you know, just a lot of woo-woo that has nothing to do with her being a musician per se, but it has everything to do with her being relevant in the internet age. So long story short, um, her and Ryan are supposed to be flying to Paris, but, you know, um, her character puts, (laughs) um, Ahi Tuna in the microwave, but forgets to take the aluminum foil off, which takes the plane down. And it just so happens that the plane lands in, uh, Chris Chris Bender, which is Ryan Reynolds' hometown, um, of New Jersey. So when he goes back home again, a lot of crazy stuff happens and he also has to deal with the fact that the girl he was in love with when he was fat um is still in town and that he still has feelings for her but again you know he's trying to figure out if he wants to be the good guy that he was or if he's going to be the new version of himself um and it's, it's just full of things My f- favorite part of that entire movie um, Is the song that um, Anna Ferris sings Um Her character's name Is Samantha James And so She writes this song Called Forgiveness And so uh, It's like Forgiveness Is more than Saying sorry To forgive Is divine So let's have A glass of wine And have Make up Sex Until the End of Time 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 You know And so She sings this song Throughout the entire movie movie and that alone it is just it's funny you know that song clearly has nothing to do with what forgiveness is or it's just like this misconstrued idea of forgiveness but you know that that she's just one of the persons you know that just makes this movie awesome so if you have not checked it out the name of the film is uh, just friends it stars ryan reynolds on affairs Chris Klein, you know, he um, plays um, another unpopular character that knew Ryan and all of his friends when they were in high school. But like Ryan, he, you know, grows out of his awkwardness and becomes this very attractive man. And they're battling for the same girl, which is um, Amy Smart's character. Her name is Jamie. So listen, please check out this movie. It is awesome, it is funny. And I, I just enjoy it. It is literally one of those films that I can watch and just live in it, you know, because it's that good. Okay, so Just Friends was the first film that I think you should watch that uses uh, Christmas as a backdrop but doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the holiday itself. Um, the other film that I thought about was Gremlins. I don't know if you guys remember Gremlins. It is one of the best, I guess, monster um, slash um, horror movies that have ever you know, come out. Um, it came out in 1984. And if you have not heard of this movie, you owe it to yourself to watch it. Um, so long story short, a father brings home uh, this cute little miniature monster, um, that he gets from, I forgot how he gets it from the store, I think he steals it from the store or something like that, but, um, it's Gizmo, that's the name of the little creature, and, um, there are three rules, you know, you can't feed him after a certain time, uh, you can't get him wet, and they don't like bright lights or daylights so if you break these rules you know horrible things happen so for example if you wet them like they multiply right and if you feed them after a certain time they go from these cute little um monsters or or you know animals to these horrific uh gremlin creatures right um, so that's the whole premise, right? But that movie takes place um, during the Christmas holiday as well, and it is something to see. Um, I remember watching that movie as a kid and just enjoying the hijinks. Now, there's a um, um, key and um, Pill sketch where they talk about Gremlins 2. That movie isn't as good as the first one, but <laughs> they literally throw everything... Um, into that film to try to make it as entertaining as possible and it turns out being more just not what they anticipated right but I I suggest you watch the first film Um, it's scary but then it's funny it's suspenseful um, and it's just a good time it's definitely an 80s movie but um, you should go check it out Um, yeah so that's Gremlins but I, you know, admittedly, there's one film that for me is when you think Christmas, at least in my mind, um, one film comes to mind that I enjoy watching and the film has absolutely nothing to do with the Christmas holiday. But I'm just going to say it um, and you probably have already figured it out what it is if you've listened to any of the previous episodes of my podcast. Um, Batman Returns. Now let me tell you something. My parents took me to go see Batman Returns the day it came out, right? And it came out summer of 1992. Um, I did good on my report card and so they are like, okay, great. You get to go see Batman Returns. And um, go to the theater, I'm excited, right? So you have to keep in mind Uh, Michael Keaton. This is that era of Batman. Danny DeVito is uh, the Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. And so if you know anything about the film uh, and the history behind it, Warner Brothers was so happy with the success of the first one that they kind of let Tim Burton do what he wanted to do. And he did what he wanted to do on this uh, version or this um, installment of the Batman franchise. So um it picks up, I guess, eh, right after the first one. And it is of course about Batman fighting crime or whatnot. And um oh god, what is his name? Um oh god, it's on the tip of my tongue. Max Shrek um is kind of like this billionaire developer who wants to build this power plant or whatnot. And, you know, he's like, you know, trying to um in his words, build a legacy, um, for his son, Chip. But in that sense, what he's trying to do is, you know, get money from the city and drain power from the city. He's a scammer, you know. He's one just one of those shisty businessmen. Okay? And his receptionist is like Selena Cow. Um So, you know, all the players are being put in place. Crime is erupting over Gotham City yet again um, by the Red Triangle circus game. And one of the moments that um, stand out is the opening scene where they're um, uh, interrupting or they're causing a disturbance during the lighting of the Christmas tree. So, you know, they're doing crazy things like they explode out of this big gift. Um you know, they destroy the Christmas tree. They light a Santa Claus on fire. It is just debauchery to the like 20th degree. Right. Um, and of course, Batman comes in and saves the day. Um, meanwhile, uh, but everyone doesn't realize in the beginning of the film, but later sees is that the penguin who's played by Dayton DeVito is controlling or running the, uh, red triangle circus gang. So that's, the movie overall. And then there's this love story between Catwoman and Batman, Bruce Wayne, Selena Cowell. Um, that's really, really good. I remember watching this film though, and thinking like, this is awesome, you know? Uh, but thinking back on it now, there are a lot of things in there that just wasn't appropriate, um, for kids to watch. But I felt like, What's missing today that they did so well back then in movies is that they left a lot to like um like subjectively to be suggested versus like just flat out saying it so for example, um when the penguin um is talking. Or when Max, I'm sh- when Max Shrek proposes that the Penguin becomes married, introduces him to, like, the campaign team or whatnot, um, and a woman comes up uh, to him, and, um, you know, he bites off uh, her co-worker's nose. And um, Max is like, you know, trying to tell him, you know, chill, I understand, you don't know, like what's going on, you know, this is the last minute thing, but I feel like we can do it. Um, imagine, like one joke he was like, imagine um, Oswald Cobblepot filling the void. And <laughs> his immediate response was, I like to fill her void. Now, that is so inappropriate, and I don't think that would play well today in audiences, but. You know, me at nine years old, I didn't understand what he was talking about. And it's so bad. Like, that is just wrong. Like, that is a lawsuit waiting to happen. But of course, it's the villainous penguin. And then he takes it a step further and he's like, teach her my uh, French flipper trick or something like that. And I'm like, what is happening in this movie as I watch it now, right? But, you know, all of that went over my head. Then, um, there's a scene where, um, he, uh, they kidnap the Ice Princess and they throw her off of a building, um, to fall on, like, one of the, uh, at the, at the foot of the Christmas tree, causing this big hoorah, and I'm like, this is something, like, these are some horrific things that you're putting on the setting of Christmas, like, but, at the same time, there's some elements of that film that is just super entertaining. The biggest element that was entertaining, but then also just overtly, like, provocative and just, you know, not appropriate for a kid's film um, was seeing Selena Cow, a.k.a. Michelle Pfeiffer, as Catwoman. And first of all, the suit that she was in, you know, Julie Newmar... Um, and Eartha Kitt, to me, are the ultimate cat Women, But I think what Michelle Pfeiffer did with this role really solidify her in um, cinema history. And then especially with comic book films, that she is, in fact, Catwoman. It was like this leather S&M suit. That's the best way that I can ins- describe it it was stitched um, and she had the whip now I just remember that whip having my attention the entire time because I didn't even know that a whip um, could be that type of danger the the only other time that I've seen a whip being used in a weapon in that capacity was with Indiana Jones but I mean the way that she was cracking this whip and using it in the film it, it was just something for me right so um, yeah if you have not seen Batman Returns or, or if you forgot, if you even didn't even pay attention to the fact that it happened under a, a Christmas idea or, or Christmas time frame, you like, oh, it's to yourself to go back. And then not only go back, but just see how, you know, Tim Burton does um, those quirky, weird type of films. And, you know, I think. Warner Brothers had they had thought it through they probably wouldn't have given him as much freedom um which was evident in their decision not to bring him back for the third film um but yeah it was just so amazing um or it is amazing to watch it now and just to see um you know how it plays today and some parts are uncomfortable um and then some parts are just plain inappropriate But overall, I think it's it's definitely, in my opinion, can be included in the conversation of, um, you know, just unconventional Christmas films. So um, those are my picks for um, my favorite films um, that have or feature the Christmas topic. Um, As you're listening to this, email me or message me. And let me know What some films That you like That feature Christmas But um, You know It isn't the like um, Immediate thing That you think of When you go to The Christmas holiday So That's it for this episode of the B-Signal Podcast. I am your host, B-Anthony. For more information about the B-Signal Podcast, you can go to my website, banthonycg.com. You can follow me on Instagram at banthonycg or at bsignalpodcast. Um, and yeah, let me know your thoughts about this episode. And I'm looking forward to doing another one very, very soon. So yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Um, And please be safe. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.